This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, well, tonight the title is going to be Faith and Patience. And I'm telling you, there's some people that need to hear about faith and patience. If that's you, say, hey, that's me. All right. So I'm telling you, uh, this is uh, this is a, a huge topic right here that I know I've had to get a hold of in my life because everybody wants every single prayer to be an instant, instant breakthrough, instant break and instant success. And sometimes that has happened to me. I'm not going to lie. I have prayed for some things and it's instantly happened. But there's been a whole lot of things where I prayed. And I didn't see the answer instantly. I had to use my faith and stand on the word and have patience and trust that it wasn't that God didn't hear me. It wasn't that my prayers are no good. It wasn't that I'm, you know, worthless and all this stuff. I had to have patience and wait for the breakthrough and wait for the answer to come. Am I the only one or is there anybody else where sometimes it's taken a minute? Not every time, but there have been sometimes. And I know we focus a lot on the faith aspect. We're a faith church and that is huge. Why is faith so huge? Well, one massive reason is because Hebrews 11:6 says without faith it's impossible to please God. So there's no way that you're ever going to please God if you don't have faith. So that's a pretty good reason right there to actually have faith and to put faith as a major focus of your life. So we do place large emphasis on faith, but there's another component. There's a twin brother to faith, and that name is patience, because sometimes you've got to be patient and you've got to let God do his thing. You've got to let things work out. And a lot of people, they get lost in that process and they give up. And I'm telling you right now, it would be a shame if your miracle and your answer was this far away and you just gave up and threw in the towel. That would be a shame. That's not going to be us. And so I'm going to talk about a few different things here tonight and show you some verses that have had a major impact on my life. And probably a lot of you could quote these verses. A lot of you uh, are familiar with them at, at the very minimum. But I need you to get a hold of this, especially if you're in here tonight, especially if you're listening on the Internet to this message. Get a hold of this if you are someone that is waiting for an answer right now. If you're someone that's believing for something to happen in your life, for God to get a hold of somebody that you care about, whatever the case is. If you don't have a perfect, easy bed of roses in life right now, you need to listen to this because God's going to say something to you tonight. All right. And so let's let's go ahead and pray that I'm going to go ahead and dig into the word here. All right. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, so much for your word. We thank you, God, that we have Bibles right here in our language that we can read, that we can understand. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the word of God. And I pray tonight that as we're gathered here, Lord, we know you're in our midst because you already told us that. So I pray that we'll listen to you. We'll open our hearts, open our ears, and we will receive everything you have for us in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. All right. So I'm going to talk about a few areas that we need faith and patience in. The first one is this. I'm going to say everyday life. Who has realized that you need a good dose of faith and you need an extra help and a patience just to make it through life? Amen. 
You know, especially I'm, I'm just I'm just preaching to myself a little bit right now with these four kids I've got on my hands. I'm not even trying to be funny at the moment. I'm, this isn't joke time. I mean, I'm I'm the Lord's given me patience right now to deal with this till my wife gets back because soccer for all these kids, homework for all these kids, driving them everywhere all the time. And I thank God for a church family that's bringing me some meals. You guys are the best. That's helping so much. But what I'm saying is. I know that faith is awesome, but it's taken some patience, and patience is a big key to opening the promises of God. And so let's look at this verse right here, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's flip over to Hebrews chapter 12. Amen. Anybody excited about the word tonight? Hebrews chapter 12, and I'm going to read this in the King James here in honor of my father. No, I actually like it better in the King James, so. Man, me and dad, we go at it over this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And uh, this is a good verse right here, man. You, there's something you need to see. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. And this is, I've, I say this about a lot of verses, but here's one. There's probably a good 10, 15, 20 sermons in one verse. But for the sake of time, why don't we just stick to one aspect? Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I mean, that's that is huge right there. First of all, notice it does say we're coming about with so great a crowd of witnesses that's talking about our fathers that are in heaven already. They're the cloud of witnesses. That are looking down here upon us. The great men and women of God. That have gone on to heaven already. I believe that we've got Joshua. And King David. And, and, and different ones that. They're a witness to this life of faith. They're a great cloud of witnesses. They're watching what we're doing. Maybe your grandma. Maybe your grandpa. They're, they're, look, they're getting to witness. Some of the faith race that you're in. Now, you don't get to talk to them, and they don't get to talk to you, but at the same time, don't go down that road, but at the same time, they are getting to be a, a part of this great cloud of witnesses. And it says, let us lay aside every way and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So, how are we supposed to run our race? Is it as fast as we possibly can? See if we can get there before everybody else? See if you can arrive before all your friends do? No. It says we're to run our race with patience. And that goes against a lot of how we live our lives in 2019, doesn't it? Because we want everything fast. We want to beat everybody to it. We want to be number one. We want to, we want to get there quicker. We want the fastest way possible to the quickest results. You know, a lot of people that like, uh, you know, you want to work out. Well, hey, I'm the type of guy, like, I want that beach bod, but I do not want to work for it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, come on. Is there some sort of, uh, yeah, I'm, all right, yeah, we're on the same page here. Uh, I, to be honest, I'm never going to have it because there's no way I'm ever going to put that amount of work in. That's not going to happen. Now, I don't have the patience for that. If there was, like, some, you know, wonderful pill or some drink, then, hey, I'd give that a shot. But there's not because you've got to have patience. You've got to put in the time to get there. And most of America... Most of the people that I know, we want instant results. You know, I bought my wife this amazing thing called the Instapot. 
And it's a, that's a good thing right there. I'm not going to lie. In fact, those clever Canadians invented it. It came down from Canada, from our neighbors from the north. I'm like, hey, they're good for something. Hello. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Time. I'm kidding. We love Canada. They're nice. They're nice. But anyway, so they the, the Canadians invent this Instant Pot. And so I ordered it. I'm like, man, you can like put a whole frozen bird in there and have it within, you know, like a half an hour or something. It, it's crazy how quick the results are. But I've noticed a lot of times we want everything to be like that. In fact, if we could get it even faster, there's some people are like, man, I've got to wait 20 minutes for a whole turkey. This is a nightmare. I mean, I remember back in the day you had to go find the bird yourself and shoot it, pull the feathers out, got to slice the neck. Anyway, you got to do some stuff, right? Jesse knows what's up. He's been there. And so I'm telling you, listen, a turkey in 20 minutes ain't that bad. But there's a lot of people that that's just not good enough. We, if we could just microwave the thing. And, you know, we even get to the place where uh, I, I, what, what gets me is I, I spent a little time in the fast food industry, okay, back in the day, back in the day, all right? And so people get blazing angry if they don't have their food within, like, three and a half minutes, two minutes, whatever the case is. And I'm like, my gosh, man, is this really, like, the biggest – if this is the biggest issue that you face, that your McChicken took longer than three minutes, I envy your life, bro. I, I wish I had problems that little. But I'm telling you right now – we have got to realize that not everything is microwaved. Some things are in the crock pot. You put it on and you wait and wait and wait. And you eventually you start smelling some of those seasonings. You start smelling some of that. You're like, okay, well, hey, we're getting somewhere. It's not fully there yet, but I know something's happening. I know something's happening. And, and, and after a while, man, if you'll give it time, if you'll wait the whole time, Something great happens in the end, right? You got a good meal on your hands if we're going that route. But what I'm telling you right now is this says to run your race with patience. This faith race is a marathon. It is not a sprint. This is, and so some people, you know, one of the, one of the things I've noticed, I mean, I've been in church a long time, 34 years now. So every second of my life. And one thing that I've noticed is this. I've seen a lot of people. Over these years, believe me, that when they, they, they come in on their first Sunday, whether it be this church in Barstow, churches I've been in in Indiana, Oklahoma, wherever, there's a lot of people that come in and they make an instant bang. I mean, wow, this is, this is my family, this is my home, I found it, and oh my gosh. And usually the people that come in and make the biggest scene, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, nine times out of ten, maybe higher than that, they don't stick with it very long. Why is that? Well, they, they came in and they felt the anointing one day. They came in and they got the feels off of one sermon and they're like, oh my gosh, this must be, wow. And then, but next Sunday, they, they don't have that feeling. Next Sunday, they didn't get the same, you know, the same spiritual high off of it. And so they're like, well, it must not be working. I, I guess this stuff's fake or this, it's not really what they say it is. And they start to, to, to taper off and they start, the next thing you know, they ain't around no more. No one knows where they are. Why, why is that? Are we putting down to them? No. What we're saying is they wanted instant, instant results, instant. They took 30 years to make a mess of their life, and they wanted, you know, just instantly every little thing to be over. Now, I've seen, man, some miracles where someone has really screwed their life up. And, yeah, I mean, I've seen some miraculous, nearly instant 
huge things happen. But a whole lot of the time, it takes a few minutes to start picking up the pieces of life and to give God a chance. And, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to take this one day at a time. I'm going to have to listen to God's word. I'm going to actually have to open this Bible for myself and not just rely on the preacher to read it to me. I'm going to have to actually do some of this myself. But what I have noticed in the same amount of time, and I'm this is... I mean, there's no official stats on this other than my own personal stats. You know how accurate I am. I don't miss. Well, I have. Anyway, but I have seen what more often than not, people that come in to church, they don't make a huge spectacle. They don't make a huge show. I mean, I'm looking at it seriously, a room full of people tonight. I can pretty much look at every single one of you, and this is how you've come in to church and to the kingdom of God since I've known you. You came in, and it, you know, it wasn't some instant fireworks show, but it was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give God a chance at my life here. And it was, uh, alright, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start coming to church. Okay, I will start reading my Bible. Okay, I am gonna start praying. You know, you come up to worship, the, the hands start going up, right, 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 oh, oh, we're there, oh, yeah, we get all the way up there, right? Village people. Get all the way up there. And so, touchdown. You, you eventually get there. But what I'm telling you is, it takes a minute. You don't just come in doing that all at once. The people that I've seen that have actually made it and stuck with God and made it. And I, you know, I, I was thinking about Miss Pam over here. And she's one of the best examples. I didn't, I don't, I actually, I don't think I actually had ever heard Pam's voice till about a year after I knew her. And I'm, I'm not, I'm just being serious. She just doesn't. She's not going around with a megaphone, like, blasting your head off. But at the same time, I've known her for 12 years, I suppose, 12, 13 years. And she's about the most consistent person I know. She's just here all the time. She just does what she says she's going to do. She reads the Bible, and, you know, I'll find out, hey, you know, she helped somebody out. I didn't hear about it because she doesn't need to go put it on Instagram and tell everybody, hey, I fed a homeless person today. Behold, you have your reward. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's the people that want to serve God, right? The people that they, they don't they don't have to tell everybody. That's the ones that have faith and patience and they stick with it. Hebrews chapter six. Let's flip back a few pages here. Hebrews chapter six. I'm talking about faith and patience. Say that word with me. Patience. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to look here at verses 11 through 12. New King James. It says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Diligence. Wow. That's a word. That's a big word right there. That you show the same diligence to the full assurance of the hope until the end. That you do not become sluggish. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So I'm telling you right now, faith plus patience equals inheriting the promises. Well, what are the promises? I mean, you're going to have to read your Bible for yourself, but I can tell you what a whole bunch of them are. Love, joy, peace. You have financial blessing. God, Third John 2 talks about that. Health for your body restoration for your family for your marriage god restoring your soul according to psalm 23 there's a lot of promises 
of God. But they don't just come to everybody. They come to those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And it tells me that I'm supposed to imitate their example. I'm not supposed to become sluggish. There's a lot of Christians in our day that have become sluggish because they didn't get what they wanted and they didn't get it fast enough. And so they start to, they start becoming sluggish and um, I don't know. Do we gotta go? Do, do we seriously? I mean, yeah, you read every day that long. What's up with this? I don't know. And, 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 and guard your attitude. Guard your attitude because that's the first thing that you're gonna start noticing is if you start getting a negative attitude, Towards the things of God, towards God's house, towards God's people. That's a warning sign right there that you're, whether you know it or not, you're going to start becoming sluggish and you are going to lose patience and you will not inherit the promises of God. And if there's one thing that I want in this life, I want the promises of God. And so I've heard a lot of, some people say, trouble is I'm in a hurry, but God's not. You're right. God's not in a hurry. God, God created time. Time is on his side. God can do what he wants to do. Listen to me. Faith and patience equals inheriting the promises of God. And, you know, I'm, I for one, I am, I'm thankful that God didn't just give me the promised land right out of the gate. There's a lot of people like they, they want to say a prayer and boom, instantly, they arrive at the promised land. They don't got any giants to kick out. They just have life on easy street. I'm really grateful that God didn't put me at my final destination after I was one day old in the Lord. Because I can tell you right now, I, there's no way that I would be as thankful as I'm supposed to be if I didn't have to get there through faith. If I just instantly arrived at, at my final destination in the Lord from day one, there's no way that you would truly be thankful the way that you're supposed to be. You'd have no idea what it was like to fight some faith battles. You'd have no idea what it meant to walk by faith. And there's several passages, several old to new, that say the just shall live by faith. That's how we live our life. If I just got it all in one foul swoop, I mean, what, what do I got to faith it up for anymore? I mean, that's all. I, I, I arrived that quick. I'm telling you. God did you a favor by not instantly placing you in the promised land. God did you a favor by letting you fight some battles. God did you a favor. God is a good parent, and no good parent just instantly gives it all to their kids, just instantly, hey, here it all is. Why? Because they'll do something stupid. They won't appreciate it. They won't be thankful. They'll just go squander it on doing dumb that you know you give a little kid you know their, all their money at once what are they going to do they're going to go buy sour patch kids and drink you know buy you who's or whatever I mean, they're going to do something stupid with it make themselves sick and and then they're going to be in a whole bigger mess i'm telling you right now whether you know it or not god has done you a golden favor by not just pouring it all out on you all at once but by letting you live by faith because Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If God gave it all to you right now, you would not be mature enough to handle it, and you wouldn't be mature enough to give him the proper thanks that he deserves. Amen? And so we need the chance to live by faith day by day. And so we're talking about faith and patience, number one, in everyday life. Number two, everyone gets this. 
in trials, in difficulties, in trials. And so let's look at James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 4. James chapter 1. Now, patience isn't always the most fun topic in the Bible, but it is one of the most rewarding if you'll get a hold of it. Patience is very rewarding when we get a hold of it. And so James chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 2 through 4. And there's something huge that you've got to see right here. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Who sits there and counts it all joy when they're in a trial? Well, a, a mature Christian does. That's who does. But if you're, I mean, to, to the carnal person, to the unsaved person, that right there is enough. to like, man, this is stupid. Who would do that? No. It tells us, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. There you go. The testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing and you know that that word perfect there we realize that none of us are ever going to be perfect there's only one perfect person that's ever lived and we went off and killed him listen that word means mature it says if you will let patience have its way if you will let patience work its way in your life You will be mature. You will be complete, lacking nothing. And I can tell you one very evident sign of a mature Christian is somebody that's patient. If you see somebody that has no patience at all, I don't have any patience. I just can't wait for nothing. I'm telling you right now, you just identified yourself. We don't even need to wonder about you anymore. All right, we know about him. Let's go over here. Listen, if you don't have any patience at all, that's a sign of immaturity. Spiritually speaking, a mature Christian, a true disciple of Jesus knows that you have to wait for some things. Not everything happens instantly. And it tells us right here that if you'll let patience have its perfect work, you'll be mature, perfect, and complete, lacking nothing. And I can tell you this much, an immature Christian is one that gives up instantly when they aren't getting answers to prayer. You know, I see so many, oh, I gave up on that. I'm just, I, I'm not giving up on God, but I'll just, I'll go do something else. But, uh, I gave up on that one. Why? I'm, Cause you had to, you had to, it didn't happen within a week. Listen, there's been some things I've had to stand in faith on for years. I'm serious. And I'm guessing some of you have too, if you've, you know, been patient enough to stick with it. There's been some things that I've had to fight the good fight of faith as we're told to fight for years on end. But I can tell you this much, it has never failed me yet, and it never will. I've always, every time that I've stuck with something, I've always got victory 100% of the time. That's a bold thing to say. Yes, it is, and I mean it with all my heart. Any problem that I've given to God and, and, and have been patient with, I've always received an answer. I've always come out on top, whether it's been health whether it's been family, whether it's been church, whatever the case is, I have always been victorious. Well, why would you even say? Because I was promised that I can give thanks to God who always 
causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. That shouldn't be that mind-blowing to a room of Christians to say, yeah, I get victory every time. What? Serious? Every time. Every time. Sometimes it's real quick. So, you know, leukemia took a little bit there, but the victory came. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I have always triumphed in Christ Jesus. So you mean you've never, you've never failed? Oh, man, I failed a lot of times, but it was when I was trying to triumph in Dave Samples. But I've never failed when I have put it in God's hands and done it his way in his time and let him do it. I'm batting a thousand right now, and I don't plan on batting anything less than that. But there's been plenty of screw-ups, but it's always been when I was trying to do all things through Pastor Dave who strengthens himself. I was not called to do that. I was called to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you're called to do the exact same thing. Isaiah 55:11. Let's flip there. Isaiah 55:11. Is anybody getting anything tonight? Isaiah 55:11. Amen. And man, this is a good verse. I'm doing you guys a favor tonight. Whether you really thank me, don't thank me now. You thank me later. I'm giving you some dynamite verses that you need to know. All right. I didn't really, I mean, I knew they were good, but it's just hitting me all over again. These are some good verses right here. We're doing you a solid. You better say thank you to somebody. Isaiah 55 11. And oh man, this is good. Isaiah 55 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This says it will not return to me void. What does void mean? That means empty. That means nothing happened. That means the bank account is empty. We voided the check. That means it failed. God's word never returns back to him as a failure. It always accomplishes what he sends it forth to do. And it prospers in the thing for which he sent it. So be patient with the word because the word always works. Be patient with the word. The word always works. What you don't realize some of the time is faith is like a seed. And I don't know if you know much about planting stuff. But you plant a seed, and the foolish person plants it, then wakes up the next morning like, nothing happened. Seeds don't work. Planted it last night, and here we are. I, if it works, I wouldn't know it. I can't see any difference at all. And that's how a lot of Christians are with their prayers. I prayed last night. I tell you what, I woke up. I don't see nothing. I doubt this stuff works. I don't see nothing. What you don't realize is the moment that seed got into good ground with water, yes, something did instantly happen. But it's beneath the surface. And you, you don't know all that's going on down there. Stuff's happening. You prayed and, 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 and you put the word of God with it. And stuff is instantly happening. You just can't see it yet. Sometimes it takes a minute before you start to see that plant. Before you start to see that harvest come up out of the ground. And after a while, you got a, something beautiful on your hands here. And people are like, man, that... that that, did that happen instantly? Oh, no, no. I, I planted it. I watered it. I guarded it. And, 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 and then it, it took a while, but it happened. You know, it would be dumb if a farmer planted his seed and then, you know, a week later, I don't know if it digs it up. Maybe I didn't do it right. I was planting it all over again. And every time they think it's not working, they dig it up 
they got to start from scratch. Every time that you plant the seed of God's word, every time you actually get yourself in faith, and then you then you say a few days later, ah, I, don't, I don't know, nothing's happening. You just dug the seed up. Good going. Now we got to start over. I mean, I'm not being mean. I've done this a million times. So, hey, I'm preaching to myself too. But we've all done this where we dig the seed up, then we got to plant it all over again, start from scratch, and you just started the process. You may have just set yourself back a month. You may have just set yourself back. Listen, faith and patience. In the book of Daniel, Daniel one time prayed, and it took weeks. I think it said three weeks for for the answer to come, and an angel of the Lord appears to Daniel, and he says, Daniel, hey, man, whoo, I just got here. He said, the minute you prayed, God dispatched me from heaven. I had three weeks of warfare. I was fighting the devil and demons for three weeks. This is a paraphrase, but it says this. He said, it took me three weeks. I was fighting demons, man, and I broke through them finally after three weeks and got to you. I'm here to take care of this and answer this prayer. There, hmm. There's things going on beneath the surface that you can't see. So you would do yourself a favor if you can't say something positive to shut your mouth. For real. No, I mean for real. Because you can totally destroy some stuff with your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18:21, right? And so we're not making this up. It's in the word. But you better quit digging your seed up every time it finally starts to take root. There's stuff going on. Give it a minute. Be patient. Let God run the course here. Let things happen. And it will eventually happen. You're going to see uh, what God can do in your life. I think about one lady, man. I was working at FedEx. I worked there in Indianapolis. And uh, I was over there tossing boxes, stuffing them onto airplanes, kicking them and stuff. And so this lady comes up to me, and and sometimes I hesitate to tell people, you know, that I'm in ministry. I I was I was a, a youth pastor at two different churches at the exact same time there for the same pastor. Anyway, long story. So these people know I'm a, I'm a, I'm in ministry, and so she comes up like, let's talk about that tithing stuff, huh? I'll talk about tithing all day long because I've seen God rebuke the devil for my sake since I was three years old. Yes, let's. I'm not afraid to talk about tithing. I've got all day. Let's go. And so, you know, she she's like, doesn't work. Really? It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, man, I started three weeks ago and I am still in debt. I am still in a mess. I if it works, I ain't seen nothing like you're kidding me. You think that God's going to turn around 30 years of horrific financial decisions in three weeks? Give him time, man. Pump the brakes on your doubt. Chill out for a second. And so she's, oh, no, no, those are, you can't tell me it does work. I can tell you, number one, because God said it does. And if I had never seen a result other than God saying it works, then that's good enough for me. That's, I'm serious. If, if God's word says something works and I try it and it seems like it doesn't work, well, somewhere I screwed it up. But there's no way that God screwed it up. I'll, I'll just, I'll go out on a limb and say, it works and I failed somehow. But I don't have the guts to tell God that he's a liar. Don't have the guts to tell God that his word ain't true. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna do that. And so she's like, yeah, man, three weeks and I, and she literally said this. I'm, you may think I'm making this up. I am not making this up. She was, debating whether to go ask the pastor for a refund on her tithing i was like hey you hey all right i don't want to be 
So anyway, she, yeah. This same, this, we're talking about she was a model Christian here. The next day I was on the employee bus and she told one of my coworkers to go to hell. So I was like, yeah, there's no, no wonder she's not seeing a lot of results because not only do you obey the word, but you gotta love your neighbor as yourself and telling your neighbor to go to hell is not loving them. So anyway, wasn't a lot I could do for her, but she actually, she has messaged me over the years needing prayer and stuff. And I, hey, I pray for her because I like to be nice. All right. So the third thing I'm going to say is this. We need patience, number one, in everyday life. Number two, in trials. And the third thing I want to talk about briefly is with other people. Have you noticed that not everybody's as awesome as you are? <laughs> no, I know. I know. That's hard to believe. Because we've got a room of winners here tonight. Just I'm looking around. I don't see one bad apple in this bunch. We've got, yeah, come on, give yourselves a hand, people. You're awesome. I just wish everybody was as awesome as you are. Because uh, I'm telling you, sometimes you need patience with other people. Though you have arrived, they have not. You're You're waiting on them, but they ain't there yet. And so Galatians 6, 9, let's flip there. But I, I just want to say this much. I'm glad that God's been patient with me because I'm not perfect. And I have done stupid things. And I do not deserve all of the blessings that God has given me. I've got a beautiful wife, four wonderful, healthy kids. And as I said Sunday, a church of a few hundred people that at least put on a great show like they love me. If nothing else, you're faking me out great. But I believe you do love me. I am a blessed man. And I don't deserve none of that. And I'm telling you right now, God has been patient with me. And he's been patient with you, hasn't he? Has he? He's been patient with you because you didn't get as awesome as you are right now just in one in one day. All right? Some of you got there quicker than others, but it took a minute. And so Galatians 6, 9, and we this applies to every area, every single area, but and a lot of you know what it says, Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Well, why is that? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If we faint not. You know, I, I, and I think about, man, there's a lot of people that I'm standing in faith for, people I'm related to, people that I just like and love, and, 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 and I know they, they, they need to give their life to Jesus. Let's just get real. They, they need to give their life to Jesus. They aren't there yet. And sometimes it's like, man, they're, they're going, they're taking further steps backwards. I've been praying. They're getting worse. Hold on. Do not grow weary in well-doing. And due season, you are going to reap if you faint not. I'm glad that my parents didn't give up on me when I didn't get healed of leukemia in one day. That it, it did take a little bit of time, but they didn't give up. I'm really glad that my great-grandma didn't give up on my dad because my dad's the first one of the Samples family to give his life to Jesus. I'm going to discuss the Samples family, a lot of my relatives, more on Sunday during that sermon regarding alcoholism because I come from a long line of alcoholics. And I'm not talking about, hey, we go to a party and we tell jokes. I mean, they get drunk, they go murder people and go to prison. And I, I mean, just flat out, most of the people with the last name of Samples, I don't really care to ever see again for the rest of my life. And that sounds terrible, but I'm not real super fond of my family because they're pretty bad people, most of them. And my dad broke that cycle. He broke out of it. 
my grandma, he, he was the one that was willing to go to church with my great-grandma, and she'd pick him up and take him when he was a kid, and uh, he strayed from the Lord, became an alcoholic and all this stuff as an adult, and then she kept praying. She didn't give up. She knew that's, that one used to go to church with me. I know he's got, there's something there. She didn't give up, and when he was almost 29, my dad gave his life to the Lord. I am super grateful that my great-grandma didn't give up on dad because I know, man, there's no way that I'd be here because he wouldn't have landed my mom. She was a church girl. You know what I mean? He would not have landed old Mrs. Pastor. And uh, and so I'm glad that grandma did not grow weary in well-doing. In due season, she reaped that harvest. And she lived to be 94 years old. Uh, well, no, 95, I guess. So really close to 95. And my dad started his first church in 1992, two years before she died, and she got to see th- this guy become a pastor. I mean, just incredible. What a dream for a, you know, a 95-year-old woman to think that out of the Samples family, I mean, you guys, you, you like us and respect us a little bit. You go to the back sticks of Indiana, that, <laughs> that name's not so well respected. And so for an in Indiana, the Samples family has a pastor? I mean, that was the biggest thing for her, and so I, I'm super grateful that she didn't give up. Who's got time for one more verse? Thank you. Thank you. I knew you did. I knew it. Hebrews 10. Let's go there. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Man, there's there's some good things taking place in your life right now. You just you can't see it because it's underground still, but it's getting ready to spring forth, and you're getting ready to have a harvest of blessing because you're not going to dig it up. You're not going to give up. You're going to pull the weeds. You're going to water it. You're going to take care of that seed, and it's going to grow into something great. Hebrews 10, 35 through 36. And it tells us this. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Sometimes in the process, you're watering the seed. You're pulling the weeds. You're out there tending to the field. You're speaking the word. You're showing up to church. You're praying. You're waking up early. You're denying, you're denying yourself that extra you know, plate of food. You're fat, serious. You know, you're not, you know, you know what? I'm going to prove to my body that, that, that my spirit is greater. And so I'm going to stop there. You, you're taking steps. You're guarding the seed that's been planted. And there's great things happening. And what, what are you doing? You're remembering the great reward it brings you. I don't see it yet, man, but I know. Wow. Oh, man. When this prayer gets answered, oh, and you ought to do that. You ought to picture that prayer. What's, oh man, what's it even going to look like? This is, you need to remember the reward it brings you. Why? Verse 36, patient endurance is what you need now so that you'll continue to do God's will. Well, what happens if I've got patient endurance and I continue to do God's will? Well, what happens is then you will receive all that he has promised. Who wants to receive what God's promised you in your life? God's promised me stuff in his word. He's promised me things in my heart. God's made promises to me, and I want every single one of them. And the way that I'm going to get them is through faith and patience and endurance and not giving up. And when we get there, man, 
faith and patience inherit the promises of God. Let's give the Lord a big shout of praise and we'll go ahead and stand up together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.